Season 1, Episode 67, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, John chapter 13, verses 1 through 38. This chapter will, well, the last nine chapters of, of the Gospel of John, not just the, this chapter. This chapter is the last Passover, the, the, the upper room where they leave and then he's betrayed in the garden and the crucifixion is the rest of the book of John, the Gospel of John. The last, but this, uh, yeah, so the chapters 13 through 21 are the last 20 hours of Jesus' Jesus' life before his crucifixion. His life goes on. He's seen of over after the resurrection. He's seen of over 500 witnesses and he, he rises up into heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father and he's coming again. I don't know when, but I know that it's after the rapture, after the seven-year tribulation or judgment of, of Israel, of which they pass in flying colors, and 144,000 Jewish evangelists uh, talk about turning the world upside down, are slaughtered, beheaded by the Antichrist. But uh, then Christ comes back, the Battle of Armageddon, and we have the judgment of the nations, where the people say, when did we see you hungry and thirsty and naked? and and uh, he said, when you did it unto the least of these, my brethren, because the, the 144,000 are present at the, um, at the judgment seat. No, I'm sorry, at the, at the uh, not the judgment seat of Christ. That was of the um, judgment of the nations at the end of the tribulation. Okay, so... Anyway, what we're going to look at look at here in chapter um, 13 is we're going to look at the last Passover. Jesus washes his, washes the disciples' feet. Uh, Jesus foretells of his betrayal by Judas Iscariot. And Jesus foretells of Peter's denial. So that's what we're going to look at. So um, John chapter 13, verse 1. The last Passover begins with Jesus washing his disciples' feet. John chapter 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, I think meaning the disciples, because that's really the, all he talks to here, talks about, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end, unto the very end of his life. Uh, and of course still loves them and they have 12 thrones in heaven and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, uh, leaving, I, I got malaria in Panama in a jungle warfare school and I had to leave my soldiers and I was delirious and, and I remember uh, they had to tie me in a bed but I, I don't remember much of being sick but I do remember at one point begging to go back to be with my soldiers in the jungle, and I say that not to build myself up because I was delirious and whatever. And I, you know, as as I spent time in the hospital and I came back, it took me a couple of days to come back to reality. I uh, I was you know fine with uh, a warm bed and not being soaking wet and whatever. But but I did feel guilty about leaving my my soldiers in the jungle. But I really didn't have a choice on that one. But anyway, Jesus. Uh, is going to leave his disciples, and that's kind of the attitude he takes in John chapter 13. 
The supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Now that's not obviously Peter, but there's a lot of Simons and a lot of, I think there's another Judas in the apostles. Uh, there's two James, I know. Uh, Jesus knowing that the Father, verse 3, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things unto his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. Jesus rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore he said he, You are not all clean. Okay, clean here in this context, I mean, I think means a believer. And, and he, that would include Thomas, but he's going to believe in the next uh, 20 hours. Thomas is going to come to believe, or at least after the resurrection he believes. But um, anyway, I, I think this is as we go through life, we pick up um, sin. It's hard to go through a day without a bad thought, or, you know, and if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery, and if you hate your brother you've committed murder and the standard is pretty high for the Lord and and John says in in first uh, John if we say we have no sin the truth is not in us we deceive ourselves so uh, deal with the fact that we're going to pick up some dirt as we go through this life more or less but but uh, we need to confess it if we confess our sins he's faithful and uh, just to uh, cleanse us of our sins and to clean us from all unrighteousness and that's basically what confession does and it has a place at the Lord's Supper and they had uh, I think he institutes the Lord's Supper I know he institutes this Lord's Supper uh, at, at, in the next uh, few hours of this last Passover dinner uh, he, he that is washed needeth not to wash, not, needeth not save to wash his feet. All you need to do is, is confess your sins since I guess your last confession or, you know, keep a, a short tab with the Lord as far as unconfessed sin goes. And ye are clean, but not all. Now he's talking about there's a, an unbeliever on, among you that, that in Judas for he knew who should betray him. You are not all clean. And Judas never believed. And he's a son of perdition. He went to his own place. And and uh, I, I don't think we're going to see Judas in heaven. Why he didn't believe? Why doesn't anybody believe? Why don't you believe? Pride, 
That's the only thing I can come up with. You know better than God? I don't know. I uh, Pride was not my problem. Uh, I, I'm, you know, that, that sounds pretty prideful, but I just figured I was going to hell and I, I, I was going to hell because I wasn't that good and, and all my friends were going to hell and my family didn't seem to be that good. There were problems there and not big problems, but average problems. And, and uh, I, uh, we sure weren't, you know, the bastion of good works all the time. So, but then I found out it was not of works. You have to repent of your dead works. And again, your dead works, Hebrews 6, 1, are your very best works. The things you think, well, maybe I could get into heaven because I saved a kid from drowning one time or whatever. Uh, no, you can't. Repent of your dead works and put faith towards God. And my, I put my faith towards the God of John 3.16, the night I trusted Christ. But I'm clean. There's a part of me that's incorruptible, the new man, undefiled. And I'm going to leave this flesh and, and, uh, that, and go with the, the new man, I guess, to heaven. I don't really understand my own trinity. So, but I, am, I, I started this podcast October 19th of last year. And I, I said I started it with uh, Hebrews six one and two, and there are five fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ: repentance from dead works. I did that the night I trusted Christ. Faith towards God. I did that the night I trusted Christ. He had me at whosoever, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever. I said oh, I can't work my way to heaven. It's a free gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. I, under, I believe that. I understand that. Wouldn't that be great if that were true? And and in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I said, I'm, I'm in, you know. And I trusted Christ the best way I knew how. And I wasn't really sure of my salvation until I was walking out of that Bible study, and this girl looked, and she had a tear rolling down her cheek, and she looked up. She was just so happy that I trusted the Lord. She was a Bible college student, and they were that they were there to see people trust Christ. And um, it, uh, Palmetto Youth Ranch, 1972, in November. But but uh, she said, if I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven. And I said, you're right. And and I've never doubted it for one second that I that I do not have eternal life because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me. And I hang around a lot of people that, that initially especially, that, that believed exactly the same thing. And and I'm still around a lot of people that, that understand exactly what I'm saying. And if you understand exactly what I'm saying, then you're look you're listening to these two to become uh, I don't know uh, more knowledgeable in the Scripture maybe. Listen to an old guy that has been a Christian for 48 years. I'm not sure why you're listening. If you're listening to this after the rapture, then you're you know you're trying to learn as much as you can as quickly as you can because uh, the end of the tribulation is just uh, less than seven years away, and and uh, it's a real trying time for believers. Anyway, um, so the, the the washing of the feet was uh, the the confession of sin before the Lord's Supper. I think is what it represents. And if you want to serve the Lord, then you need to, you know, confess your sins and and, and to the Lord and and try to try to. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. My wife used to say the the Bible is not a list of don'ts; it's a list of do's. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Spend time in Scripture memorization. I've got 
58, 59 verses I've, I work on regularly. Now I, I, I have trouble saying them all in a 24-hour period, but I, I, I broke them up into thirds and I work on them. And some of them I've got cold and most of them I've got cold, but there's some that, a few that take as much time as it does to say the ones I've got down pat. But it's just, it's like I don't know, it's talking to God. It's renewing of the mind. It's getting my head on straight and, and uh, I'm out, I'm reaching out with these podcasts and I'm enjoying uh, studies at my church and um, life is good. All right, so um, uh, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. And Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed need not save, need not save, but to wash his feet. But is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean, not all born again. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ for salvation. If you've repented of your dead works and put your faith in the God of John 3.16, you are... Jesus. God looks at you and he sees Jesus. And when when we're separated from the flesh, that, that God will be able to tolerate being around us and, and we'll go absent body, present with the Lord. Absent from the body. You know, Christ was alive and well when he was absent from the body. He came back, picked it up, and I, we get a resurrection body. And I think if you know if the rapture happened today, I would go up. My body would be changed on the way up. I would not be separated from the body. It would just be changed. I'd get the resurrection body. The flesh, the old man, would, would not be a part of my trinity anymore. And I would be uh, not tempted like I am with, with this body, as I understand it. Anyway, okay. Um, So, verse 12. So, after Jesus had washed their feet and had taken his garment, garments and, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know you, know you what I have done to you? And he doesn't wait. That was a rhetorical question. He just goes on. I can think he knows they're kind of confused. Uh, Ye call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so... I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. He knows he's leaving, and these people need to help each other. They need to band together. They need to. Paul needs to save Peter. Paul's not present here, but but Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, says he needs. You, you know, Peter, you're wrong about you know uh, not hanging around. Gentile believers when James comes to visit in Antioch, that kind of thing. And that's what we're to do. We're supposed to call each other out. And I, there's no rebuke in my life like a fellow believer that I look at as a friend and a, and a peer. When they say, when they point something out about my life, that, that really gets my attention. And that's what he's talking about here. We need to wash each other's feet, not physically wash each other's feet but help each other to follow the Lord close by and, and with patience and kindness and and things like that. I, I remember I was in the Army and I, I trusted the Lord and, and 
don't know, seven months later, I was in the army, and I came home on leave, and it, the 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 army I was in was very profane. It wasn't you know past the potatoes; it was past the blankety blank potatoes. And I remember I let out a bad word when the the light changed in front of me, and I had to slam on the brakes. And the kid that was next to me uh, just said, "You know what?" And I mean, I felt so hurt by that that I had let out a bad word. But I had a problem with bad words. I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you the story again. I, I uh, uh, when my son, one of my sons was in junior high, uh, one of the coaches brought him to my classroom at Florida Christian School and said, you wouldn't believe what your son said in the locker room. And I, and I thought for a minute and I thought, you know, am I going to be real or am I going to pretend like I'm holier than thou? I said, uh, coach, it's probably nothing he hasn't heard at home. And I was convicted by that, and I said to my kids and to my wife, I said, if you ever hear me say a bad word, I'll give you five bucks. I've paid very few $5 bills. I think the last one I paid was, oh, John came home and said, well, hey, Dad, what, what's it? You know, I, I sort his mail for him because he still has mail that comes to my house. And there was a $5 bill there, and he said, what's the $5 bill for? I said, yeah, I said a bad word, and you weren't here. But it really curtailed my my. Uh, profanity, I guess. But anyway, um, so uh, you call, and and I've never heard that son say a bad word. And uh, that that to me is the best part of the story. Uh, if okay, you call me master and lord, you say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet, for I have accountability, is what it's talking about. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. And I think it was not washing their feet, but, but helping them to walk in the Spirit. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Jesus is, anyway. Um, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. The church works as it's supposed to. The body of believers, the, the Christian friends you have. Christian life breaks down to the four talks. Talk to God in prayer, which my favorite prayer I have two friends that are really in a bad way today. One's having open heart surgery and one fell off his roof two days ago and is very, very, very seriously hurt. And I'm praying for these. He's got a long road to recovery and a very good chance he'll never recover some faculties. But Abba Father, all things are possible unto you. Take this cup from them. Nevertheless, not our will, but your will be done. And, you know, uh, so the four talks. Talk to God in prayer. Talk, let God talk to you through the Bible. And I find memorizing Scripture with the Verses app is just easy, and, and, and I love doing it. And... Uh, and then you talk to other believers. It's called fellowship. 
called church, called Bible study, um, where lost people are welcome, but but the saved ones are the ones you you edify edify you and you try to edify them, encourage them, build them up. You try to get the other ones saved, but um, and then uh, you talk to the lost. And so that's kind of the way I look at these podcasts. Some of you, maybe very few of you, I don't know. I If I didn't know the Lord, I don't know why I would be listening to a Bible story evangelism. But at any rate, um, maybe somebody can come to the Lord from this. I've had over 750 plays in nine different countries, mostly in the U.S. But um, know, maybe somebody's come to the Lord. I haven't heard that, but... Just doing the best I can. Um, so, um, for if you if you know these verse seventeen, if you know these things, happy are ye, happy are you if you do them. I speak not to you all. I know whom I have chosen, and he says in another place, I've chosen twelve of you, and one of you is a devil. So I I just like to say, being chosen doesn't mean you're going to heaven. You still have to re- respond to the calling of of faith in Christ. Some people say, well, if you're chosen, you're going to heaven, and if you're not chosen, you're going to hell. I, I reject that. That's I forgot the the name of that theology, but um, uh, anyway, predestination, Calvinism. Uh, there's another name for it, a more modern name for it. But anyway, but um, I'm trying to think of it, but I can't. But the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me lifted up his heel against me. So he's going to, one of his are going to betray him. Uh, verse 19. Now I tell you before it comes, come that when it is come to pass, you may believe that I am. Second time he's used the name of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Okay, now we're going to talk about uh, the one uh, that betrays Christ. When Jesus had thus said, kind of ending the washing of the feet and the purpose of the washing of the feet and, and how he's hoping that they band together and help each other stand uh, accountability-wise and that kind of thing. And when, and the importance of confession before the Lord's Supper, uh, when ye had thus said, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit. Now that that just kind of surprises me. The, the, the translators of my Bible uh, did not capitalize that spirit. And I, I've just always... Thought, you know, it didn't capitalize the pronoun he either, but it did capitalize Jesus. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in the spirit. So I guess he had a human spirit, just like we do, but it, it, yet without sin. That was the difference. Anyway, Jesus had thus said, and again, that, that's a translation thing, whether you translate it. All the Greek letters were capital letters, so you can't go by what's capitalized in the, in the translations because initially... There were no lowercase letters, neither in the Hebrew or in the Greek. Uh, and testified, let me start over. When Jesus had thus said, he, he was troubled in the spirit and testified and said, Verily I say unto you that one of you 
shall betray me. So it's disheartening that that I think he's given Judas every chance to to believe, but now it's a done deal. Uh, Thirteen, uh, verse twenty-two. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting who of whom he spake. So they did understand that one of you twelve were going to betray me. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved, which Jesus, which John always liked to say, my little children, when he was talking to, to, because Jesus says that about his disciples. And when John writes 1 John, he's always said, my little children, my little children. Um, And when he wrote his epistles when he was dying, uh, right before he died, as, as Paul did, as Peter did, as James did, at the end of his life, and saying goodbye, you know, he knows that Paul said, you know, I'm willing and would rather be absent body and present with the Lord, but it's more needful for you that I stay. So that's just a responsibility that the Lord had, and I think the disciples had as well, and possibly we will when we reach that time in our lives when we know that our death is near. Uh, we don't know what tomorrow will hold. If the Lord uh, lets us live another day, that's that's another day to serve Him. Uh, verse 26, Jesus answered, He it is to whom I give a sop when I have dipped, dipped it. Uh, one of the commentaries I read about this was uh, that was part of the Seder, the father of the meal that ran the meal, the Seder meal, the Passover, would dip and there would be some, some symbolism in, in that giving of, of a, a, a chip dipped in this whatever. It was fruit-flavored dip, I, it said in the commentary, that, that representing the, the fruit of the, the, the Passover meal that they had, or the sweetness of the promised land, land flowing with milk and honey. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Not the son of Peter, there's more than one Simon. There's one, I think there's another Judas here in the in the, uh, in the apostle, I need to look that up, but uh, I can't name all twelve apostles. I know there's two James, but after the sop, Satan entered into him. Now you know we could make a big deal about that. There's no way that this, that Satan could enter into a believer today. But I think before the Holy Spirit indwelled the believers at Pentecost, which is about fifty days away from this day, approximately, then. Uh, but but Jesus could lead captivity captive because the sins are paid for and now God could stand to be around believers or wanted to be around believers, whatever. Um, but, but before that, Satan could, I mean, there's not room for the Holy Spirit and Satan inside the believer. The demon possession is never going to happen to the believer. But anyway, after the sop, Satan entered into Judas. You know, when, when Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you know, was, I don't know, it sounded like he was talking to Satan, but, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, after the sop entered into him, you know, the, the guy that had a thousand demons in him, he was of, of sound mind and said, Lord, I want to follow you. And Jesus said, no, I want you to stay here. And he lived in Decapolis, 10 cities, and was an amazing evangelist in those two cities. Because uh, everybody knew the maniac of, Gard- of Gardera, and and now he was of right mind. He was a celebrity in those ten cities, and, and a great evangelist for the Lord. So, um, 
So verse 27, after the sop, Satan entered into Judas. Then said Jesus unto Judas, that thou doest do quickly. Now, no man of the disciples at the table knew for what intent Jesus spake unto to Judas Iscariot, what thou doest do quickly. For some of them thought because Judas had the bag where the money was kept, that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things that we have need against the feast, because the Passover meal, I guess, is coming. I guess these were hors d'oeuvres at the beginning. And, he's, and should give <coughs> something to the poor, or that he should give something to the poor. Judas, then having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. And this is pretty much, I don't know, I think Judas accompanies them to the garden. And, and said, well, I know he does. He says, you know, the one I kiss is going to be Jesus. And Jesus says, betray me with a kiss. And Jesus, Judas runs away and is sorry and whatever. But I don't think ever becomes a believer. But anyway, I just because it, he's called the son of perdition and he goes to his own place, it doesn't sound like he goes to heaven. But um, betraying Christ... Don't we betray Christ every time we don't evangelize, every time we don't want to look foolish because it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe, and sometimes it doesn't please us to look foolish and, and for the fear of that? There, anyway, if God... Okay, therefore, when Judas was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. So with the absence of Judas now, he can get on with the Passover. Um, although he did wash Judas's feet as, I guess, one last attempt to get Judas to, to believe. Anyway, verse 32. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. You know... <laughs> There's not a competition between Jesus and God. If you glorify Jesus, you glorify God. If you glorify God, you glorify Jesus. And uh, that's just a, a theme over and over again um, to the glory of God. So uh, if, if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and straightway glorify him. Little children, a, a name that John uses in 1 John, when he's talking to us uh, for the last, the church for the last 2,000 years. Uh, little children, but Jesus is talking to his disciples here. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me. That's the third time he's used those two words, I am. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come, so now I say to you, and the Jews said, what are you, are you, are you going to kill himself? We can't come with him. Anyway, but the disciples are a little confused by this too, it sounds like. But um, verse 34, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and ye also love one another. I remember when my father-in-law was, was in his late 70s, and we used to spent a lot of time traveling to my in-laws house and and that was a great 
part of my life and my family's life. And and uh, but anyway, uh, I remember one time he he was very emotional guy, and uh, kind of like me a little bit, or I'm kind of like him a little bit in that. But anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> he would cry at the commercial, cotton is the fabric of our life. I, I've, I've been known to do that too. But anyway, um, but I remember he, he just said in his, when he would get choked up, his, his voice would get kind of high. And he, would, he said, I, I just want you to love each other. You know, he's kind of saying goodbye because I guess, I guess when, it, when you hit late 70s and you're on dialysis and you only got one kidney and you kind of know that the end is coming. And when you have a family gathering, that might have been his 75th birthday. I can't remember. But I just do remember that. He said, I just want you to love each other. And that's kind of what Jesus is saying here. Little children, <clears throat> yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me. And as I said unto you, as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say unto you, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So that's what we're supposed to do as believers. And when I, just for example, I, I shouldn't use myself as an example, but when I got that, that text from my friend's daughter saying, I know you're, you're good friends with my dad, and I just want you to know that he fell. And he seriously hurt. And right now I've got another friend that's undergoing open heart surgery and I shed a tear too for him. But have a father, all things are possible unto you. Take this cup from them, nevertheless not our will, but your will be done. So I'm just really praying that the Lord's will and my will agree on these on this situation. But it's in his hand and I trust him to do the right thing. Love one another. Okay, verse 36. Simon Peter said unto him, here's Simon Peter going, he's like the Pharisees now. What do you mean we can't follow you? Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou canst not follow me now. Very important word there. It's a, it's a timing thing. I don't want you to follow me right now. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to be crucified right now. I want you to stay. And Peter does amazing work. Read the first 10 chapters of, of Acts to see the boldness of the apostle Peter. Don't witness anything more. He, the angel breaks him out of jail. He goes right back to the temple witnessing. The, the, the servants of the temple say to the high priest, the man you're looking for, he's out there talking to, uh, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ. And they beat him and they whatever, all this stuff. Anyway, he for I, I don't know how many years his ministry was. I would guess around 30, uh, ending with his own crucifixion, which I think is a great testament to the fact that they didn't make up the story about Jesus. You're not crucified for a lie. Uh, this, the, the theory is he was crucified upside down. But anyway, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, whither thou goest, whither goest thou? Jesus answered and said, Whither I go, thou canst not follow, follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. So you will be with me again. But not right now. Timing, timing, timing. Timing is everything. You know, just for an example, I don't know. Uh, 
Um, marital relationships are not wrong in marriage. It's a timing thing. There's nothing wrong with, with sex in marriage, but there's something wrong with fornication. And read your Bible. Sex outside of marriage with someone is wrong. It's a sin against yourself, if you read Corinthians. That's just for example. But it has to all to do with timing. You know, Jesus could have made the, the, the rocks into bread. That wouldn't have been a big deal. He turned fish and fed 5,000. But, but when he was being tempted of Satan to, to feed himself, and he said, no, I'm not going to do that. Man shall not live by bread alone. I'm going to withstand the temptation. It has to do with timing. Anyway, uh, Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I want to go with you now, wherever you go. I don't want to be separated from you. I, I truly believe Peter was ready to die. I mean, he cut off one of the guards' ears. I don't think you cut off guards. They weren't Roman guards. They were temple guards, but still... I think they would, would would kill you. But every time they said to Jesus, you know, where's Jesus? Or said to the group, where's Jesus? And Jesus said, I am. They fell down. I would get pretty bold too if the, the, the captain was, every time he said, you know, I am, the enemy fell down. I would get pretty bold. But anyway, and Peter was bold. But I don't think he was ready to be crucified. And, and he knew that now wasn't his time. Jesus had said, now is not your time to follow me. Anyway, I will lay down my life for thy sake. I think he was, I think that was an honest thing. But but it, the timing was wrong. He does lay down his life at the end of his life. But Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Rhetorical question. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, before the rooster crow, the, the rooster shall not crow till thou hast denied me three times. So by the end of this day, you will have denied me three times. How many times have I denied Christ? Every time I don't share Christ for one reason or another, usually pride about looking foolish. You've got to remember, it, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So just keep preaching and keep looking foolish. And uh, all right, so I will say that was the last twenty hour. No, that was the last supper. Uh, that was the last four hours of the last twenty hours of, of <clears throat> Christ's life. But we have eight more chapters to go in the Book of John, which will cover the next sixteen hours of the last day of Christ's life before his crucifixion. And he picked up his life when he was resurrected from the dead. Life has to do with the body, I, personally, I think. Absent from body is present with the Lord. Is the body without the spirit is dead? The body's dead, but we're not dead. The spirit is absent from the body. Jesus was in paradise, a spiritual place. God is a spirit and must worship in, be worshipped in spirit and in truth. So I'm trying to understand the resurrection of the dead. But, but we will get a new body. At the rapture, I think the Old Testament saints already got it because when Christ dies on this day, the day of his crucifixion, the day of Passover, he the, the graves are opened up and the dead in Christ rise, or the dead rise. Their bodies rise. They get their, they get their new bodies. I don't know if that's a great, you know, in my father's house there are many mansions. Those could be spiritual bodies for all I know. I, I, I don't know. It does sound like there's buildings and so... Your cities and the new heaven and the new earth. But still working on learning, guys. Still working on learning. So uh, just maybe wet, wet your whistle to, to try to learn too.
All right, so I will say adios, which means to God, which from what I understand is a more formal final way to say goodbye. But I'll say adios because I just like the idea of to God. I'm going to God today. Abba Father, all things are possible unto you. Uh, take this cup from my friend. Nevertheless, uh, not our will, but your will be done. And, and Father, I desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding to walk worthy of you and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of you, strengthened with all might according to your glorious power, with patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness, giving thanks to you, Father, which made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of saints and light who have delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us in the kingdom of your dear Son. That's Colossians 4. That's Colossians 1, uh, 9 through 14. And I... Paul prayed it daily, it says, for the Colossians, and I just personalized it, and it's my daily prayer for my day to, to, to be productive and to walk pleasing of the Lord and giving thanks for, for his son's shed blood on my behalf. Okay, so I will say adios to God, and vaya con Dios, go with God.